Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Tattoo Homewreckers. Uh, my name is Callista, and this is Gaia. Um, I would like to start off by saying this episode does contain a few trigger warnings. Um, so in this episode, we are going to talk about sexual abuse and substance abuse. Uh, we will give you another warning right before we get into it. Um, we're not going to start off the gate with that, but we will just let you guys know um, the second we do start crossing that bridge. Um, so that way, if it's not something you want to listen to, then you can absolutely turn off the podcast. Um, but for now, we are just going to start with what is wrong with our industry. Yeah. <laughs> Why we as tattoo artists and our industry suck. Absolutely. Yep. Um, it's only fair because we did bag on our <laughs> clients. <Yep. laughs> we talked about shitty clients. So yes. uh, now we are going to talk about shitty artists. Mm-hmm. including our experiences and also things that we've done horribly wrong that we are trying to work on. Yes, absolutely. So um, to start us off, I wanted to talk about my introduction to the tattoo industry uh, the first day. I have my apprenticeship diary in front of me because, mm-hmm. fun fact, I have a diary for every year of my tattooing career because I just thought it'd be fun. It's nice to document your growth. Um, and my first day... My apprenticeship. And by the way, I'm not going to drop any names. Please don't ask me to like say anybody and specifically call people out or shops out. I'm not going to do that. Um, But to continue on the first day of my apprenticeship, I started off with, um, you know, it was all all men as per usual. It's a very male dominated industry. And during my first day, my boss at the time had gotten to a physical altercation with an ex-employee in front of a client so I forgot like the exact content text, but basically this ex-employee was just there to collect his flash that he had left. And um, my boss at the time straight up just punched him in front of a client. And of course, no other clients were around. My boss had a client in his chair and he punched him. And it was insane. <laughs> I, um, I was, I think I was 19 and I was just watching it all go down like, oh shit, dude, this is, it's like, actually, this is what it is. This is what's happening. So that was the beginning of my apprenticeship. Yeah. (laughs) The beginning of my apprenticeship started in essentially like those sheds you can buy outside of Lowe's. (laughs) Um, I started learning about tattooing in one of those. I actually got my first tattoo in one of those. Mm -hmm. So that'll lead us into a later discussion about the lack of education and cleanliness and hygiene in our industry. Mm -hmm. And it has gotten better, but it is one of those things that like it... Uh, continues to be a repeat issue in this industry. Um, So, yeah, to kick us off, I mean, I wanted to kind of talk about culture again. Um, How a lot of these things are normalized in the tattoo industry. For example, punching your ex-employees. Not cool. Yeah, when you were telling that story, it made me think of a couple times Uh at my old shop when artists would either have rivalries with other shops and like Mm. we had I I remember at one point I was holding the phone like dialed nine one ready to dial the other one Mm -hmm. as an artist was holding the door shut and some other um uh like artists from another shop was outside our door pulling on it yelling at him to come out of the parking lot and fight him and it's because they had just had like extreme drama between them Mm -hmm. and then decided that they were gonna fight and then he chickened out and didn't want to fight him but then I've had actual fights in parking lots. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fighting yeah. is a sadly a weird part of our industry. Yeah. And yeah. it has, a, I think a lot of it has to do with like, um, I mean, not to like gender fighting, but like a lot of that is like male aggression and how like 
with women, we talk about this like a lot, how women are taught not to, when you have a problem with someone, we go sideways. Like Mm -hmm. we're taught as young girls that like we essentially have to be catty. Yeah. That's how women can't address it directly. Exactly. Or like in my past experiences with like females in the industry is usually the first thing they do is go online and start talking shit. Yes. We've had that happen to both of us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's this weird thing in our industry where people think that you, that like violence and aggression and um, just bullying solves problems, forgetting that we are indeed all adults. And I don't know, I could be wrong. Maybe this is a big thing with bankers. Maybe like. (laughs) <laughs> bankers are actually secretly have Tellers? a fight club in the back. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're a teller from freaking this bank. I'm going to beat you up. Yeah. Like, who knows? There's some weird, ra- and heaven forbid you talk to someone at another shop oh, because yes. then instantly you're trying to poach an artist, which I don't know what that is all about. That like, apparently there's such a finite amount of artists. And especially here in Reno, there are so many tattoo shops and tattoo shops are opening up every single day. Absolutely. That if you don't work well at one shop, there's plenty of studios, mm-hmm. but you're not allowed to go from like one shop to another mm-hmm. without there being this giant fallout. Yeah. With this, like, um, it's almost like, it's not like leaving a regular job where it's like, okay, when you leave like on good terms, you leave on good terms. Even when you leave on good terms, it very much feels like a breakup. You know yeah, what I mean? and it's then all always sudden, big and nasty and they're bitter parties. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. And like, why is that? Why can't we just, you know, leave like adults? Well, I think it's that part of our culture that's like tattooing is your life. It's mm-hmm. your whole identity. Yeah. So if you leave like one, it's basically like the same as being married. That heaven forbid you end a marriage nicely. Right. Absolutely. There always has to be like a common enemy mm-hmm. or like, you know, there has to be some big blowout that happens. Um, and like we've left shops before together um, where it was like kind of an unsafe environment. Absolutely. You know, where um, the first shop that like I left, like Gaia was like, no, like, don't like just drop off your key with me. Like, don't yeah. come in here because everything that he's going to say to you is going to like, you know, harm you and like harm your mental health and like it's just not a safe like place to just be like hey this didn't work out it was very much like a no don't come into the shop because like it's like it's gonna be a fucking thing um and so like how disheartening that is because i feel like the tattoo industry has made solid strides in proving that like we are professionals this is a professional industry we are trying to like constantly raise the bar Mm -hmm. of tattooing and get people to understand that like this isn't just something that you come in and like get it is like a like sacred experience you know and like it's something that like professionals do um and so these are the things that like kind of you know ruin that reputation Mm -hmm. and ruin like the strides that we're trying to make um well i think there's this like on the surface you have half the industry trying to make it more professional Mm -hmm. And then the other half of the industry, this, like, underbelly of the industry, just wants to keep it as this, like, wild west of tattooing. That, Mm -hmm. like, there are no regulations and I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Nobody can fucking tell me anything. And there's that, like, underlying side of it that's just gross and ugly. Yeah. And they do not want to grow into a professional industry in that sense. Absolutely. It's, there is a lot of, like, 
push and pull against like again like being seen as like a fine art professional industry mm-hmm. and that pirate life that yes. like attracts a lot of like people into this industry yeah. is the the idea that like this is the pirate's life and you can do whatever you want you show up to work wearing whatever you want you show up to work treating clients however you mm-hmm. want which is not the case that we're trying to do yeah um which brings me on to like one of my notes and it's the like idea that this job doesn't require a certain base level of customer service. Well, I think people forget that we're in basically a salesman position. Mm-hmm. And though it's not my job to sell you, like to upsell you, test you, it's not like yes. a used car salesman. No offense if you are. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want your job. It seems really hard. Hustle, dude. <laughs> yeah. Make that money. Um, But it's this idea that we are in the same place as doctors, which have to have bedside manner. Mm-hmm. And as spas, which are about creating an experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's that part of like the pirate life where they're like, fuck it. This is my thing. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And I get it. Some people don't in like want to provide like a spa experience or like even like the when you said spa, I was thinking like people seek us out for like therapy even, mm-hmm. you know, for that connection. Absolutely. And I, I would understand like some people like not being into tattooing for the connection with their clients. But you and I are very similar in the point where like we thrive off of connection with our clients. We love having hard conversations and like getting to know people and like really like seeing them and seeing their struggles and their issues because everyone's story is so uniquely different. And, like, when you click with a client, it's the most beautiful thing. You know, like, we have had several clients turn into friends because, like, it's so beautiful. Um, So I would understand why people, like, might not want to go that far off Mm -hmm. into the deep end. And some tattoo artists want to, like, just focus on the art. And that's totally fine. But, like, you also have to acknowledge that, like, either way you cut it, it is such an intimate experience. Yeah. And I see a lot of tattoo artists, like, not having any empathy for those who, like, are genuinely scared shitless. Well, I think they forget. I think that artists are really not to like defend them. Yeah. Because um, this is our episode to be like, our industry sucks. <laughs> um, but I think that it's like, I have to remind myself all the time. And I actually tell clients during consultations mm-hmm. that like, this is my second home. This is basically my living room. Yeah. And you're coming in here and it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself quite a bit to be like, hey, this is super scary for you, but I, this is where I live. Yeah, we do this every day. Like yeah. we are at work more often than we are at home. Um, so it is very easy to like lose that like empathy of like, oh my God, like this is a very big thing for you to do. Yeah. Attitude. Um, but like, I do see like a lot of like artists kind of dropping the ball in the sense that they're just like, I'm just going to slap it on you and you sit down and then that's it. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's that forgetting of that customer service and forgetting the permanency. Like we, okay, yeah. just side note, guys, we spent an hour and a half today stenciling her and mm-hmm. the design wouldn't work. And mm-hmm. a lot of artists will put shit on crooked. Both of us have crooked fucking tattoos yeah. because artists were like, meh, good enough. And that is like prevalent hardcore in our industry of this like Mm -hmm. good enough attitude like i don't care it's good enough they don't know any better instead of taking the extra you know like this today was extreme an hour and a half stenciling is ridiculous yes um but usually it's an extra five to ten minutes to be able to get a perfectly straight tattoo Mm -hmm. and yes the human body is not balanced but come on guys fucking do better absolutely the amount of ridiculously crooked tattoos or just like horribly placed because you were too lazy mm-hmm. or fuck a backwards tattoo because you were too lazy to go and 
rerun your stencil the other direction. Mm-hmm. So then later on, another artist has to, A, deal with that problem. So, like, suck a dick there. As <laughs> yeah. somebody who does a lot of cover-ups because <laughs> tattoos were done shitty, fuck y'all. Yeah, Don't true. always blame the clients. Yeah, absolutely. There's the occasion that you, like, go to start a project with a client and you're like, okay, so your artist did the best they could. You've changed your mind 40 million times. Mm-hmm. But... Most of it falls on the artists for educating our clients, Mm -hmm. which they don't in our industry. They're like, no, I'm not going to educate them. They don't know any better. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think that was, that was one of the biggest things I had to learn, like fresh, like coming out of the gate during my apprenticeship was knowing that like, you want to spend like time on your stencil. You Mm -hmm. do want to spend time because like you can drop a perfect design and be like, yeah, no, I think it'll flow perfectly. And then you place it on that person. And like, it just doesn't, you know what I mean? Like you just have those moments where it's like, all right, well this should have made sense. And then it doesn't, or you'll have a design where you're like, I have no idea how this is going to lay out. And then you place it on a total fluke and it like works perfectly on their body, which is great when that happens. But like when it's the other situation where it's like, okay, this is not working out. It is so much better to, it takes so much more willpower and like, a good conscience to just say, Hey, we're going to call it quits today. Like today is not the day it's not happening. Or like, Hey, I have to redraw this Mm -hmm. entire thing and we can get line work done. I know we were planning on finishing this tattoo today, but like I need to take the extra 10, 20, 30 hour to figure this out and make sure that it is, you know, good. I mean, (laughs) I've absolutely had clients that I've had to reach out to you like the morning of their appointment and be like, look, dude, I've been working on this. I hoped it would come together this morning. Oh yeah. And it fucking didn't. And as upsetting as it is for them, it is like just as upsetting for me to have to be like, nope, uh, I dropped the ball here. I can't figure this out. Mm -hmm. But every one of those pieces has always turned out better in the long run. Oh, absolutely. Because like, here's my thing is, um, you don't want your present frustration to make you tattoo something that is not going to work out for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And like, it is so much better to address the present frustration and be like, okay, you know what? Like it's not working out today. And even if I force myself to do this, like if you force yourself to do something like that, again, it's a, it's something that lasts that person the rest of their lives. And I think part of the issue is that like, there really is not, people don't talk about this unspoken like moral code that like mm-hmm. tattoo artists like need to have, you know? Yeah. And um, it's almost like a, you know how like doctors get like, they like pledge or something, yeah. you know, like a lot the of Hippocratic medical. Oath. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They have an oath and like, we don't have like an oath as a tattoo industry that is like widely mm-hmm. talked about, I feel like. And there should be a certain amount of like oath and like moral compass standpoint, like a baseline of just like, I am going to make sure that your tattoo turns out the best it possibly can, even if that means canceling on you, even if that means like. But I think that also comes along with the education, like and this whole idea of a pirate life that it's like, hey, look, like there's this weird pride in the lack of knowledge. Yeah. Happening in our industry. Yeah. That Uh when you explain, like, I don't know how many times I have to explain like how tattoo derm works. Mm -hmm. And then you'll hear people like other artists, like telling clients, telling them it's like the wrong information. Mm, Yes. Because, and honestly, you can just read the bottles and read the aftercare instructions on the manufacturer's packaging Mm -hmm. and it'll tell you how to do it. But over, like, the course of my industry, you just hear artists like, no, you can cover it in saran wrap. Like, are you food? Mm -hmm. Why are you covering clients in saran wrap? 
Mm-hmm. Because if your doctor said, hey, I know we just did surgery and I'm not going to put the appropriate bandages on you. I'm actually just going to throw Vaseline on you, which is not designed for this at all. And then I'm going to wrap you in ceramic and let you walk out the door and say, hey, good to go. I my like conscience is clear because I do not give a flying fuck about continuing education. Absolutely. And like there is like, like you said, this weird pride in not having mm-hmm. education. Yeah. Um, because like you and I, we went to um, like conventions where like all they talk about is like, you know, aftercare, how we're constantly updating the system, how like mm-hmm. green soap is not something that should be used anymore. No. We've taken seminars on like these people being like, oh my God, you guys are still using that on your clients. You need to stop immediately. Mm-hmm. Like it's not meant for, you know, for the stuff that we do. And I, I kind of see like... I don't know. There is this uh, like subgenre of like tattoo artists who are like really concerned in, like you said, kind of preserving the pirate life. Mm-hmm. And okay, cool. Like you want to use a coil machine, but like you should still be updating your personal like you know info of like how do I take care of my clients? Because yeah. either way, it's a very invasive procedure. You know, we do damage to people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no harm, no foul in like wanting to stick to your roots. And but like, that being said, we're the only industry mm-hmm. that does not require mm-hmm. any adequate amount of continuing education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So some, now granted it varies state to state. We don't have any like deep federal regulations mm-hmm. when it comes to tattooing. And so it's all based state to state, which Nevada is the wild west. You don't have yeah, to do literally. shit. And it, it infuriates me because... As an industry, as a whole, we should want to change that and say, hey, we can either fuck this up and let the government come in and regulate us, or we can do what the piercing industry did and what the medical industry did, Mm -hmm. where they said, hey, we're going to create our own organizations Mm -hmm. to educate and require something better. But the reason why is it's not just that there's just this little underbelly of like a pocket of artists that don't want to do this oh yeah it's a large amount of them otherwise Mm -hmm. we would essentially outvote them Mm -hmm. but there's a small amount of artists and like shop owners that want to do really well Mm -hmm. and create a better environment but the issue is that you're creating a better environment in this cesspool yeah absolutely and like in I guess that's, yeah, the biggest gripe is the fact that, like, there are so much resistance Mm -hmm. towards, again, furthering education and, like, understanding where everything comes from. Because, like, the moment a tattoo artist hears federal regulation, they start shaking in their boots. And it's one of those things where it's like, no, like, I think you explained to me, like, I forgot who I heard this from. Um, It might have been you, but, like, someone said, like, hey, we deal with more blood than, like, a dental hygienist does. Mm -hmm. And so that is huge because dental hygienists go to years and years of school to Mm -hmm. do what they need to do. But like in Nevada, it is the Wild West. Anyone can tattoo. And so there is a lot of room for like damage. There is a lot of room for like a ruining the again, like us trying to progress as an industry and get to the next level of being taken seriously. And then just like generalized like. It's it's dangerous for people to continue to tattoo without any knowledge of what they're doing because yeah. they could get sick. The actual artist can get sick. Your client can get mm-hmm. sick. You can like honestly like lose a limb if it goes wrong. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's terrifying. And so why is there that resistance? Well, I think that goes back to this. Like we've discussed this before is this 
tattooing is your whole identity. Yes. So it's essentially like a very large, very poorly organized cult Mm -hmm. that you are not allowed to question it. Mm -hmm. So it's that same thing that when you say, hey, I want to be a tattoo artist and they say, this is your whole life. This is it. This is the only identity you're allowed to have. Mm -hmm. And in that being your whole identity, you are not allowed to question anything about it. You're not Mm -hmm. allowed to question like, hey, why are we doing this this way? Why are we doing that? This doesn't make sense. This doesn't seem safe. Why are you coming to work? You know? blaze out of your fucking mind mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to question because this becomes just like with a cult your whole identity absolutely um i want to touch more on identity mm-hmm. thing because that's a big part of the tattoo industry culture that i don't agree with and it is the fact that like yeah like you perfectly said you are only when you were brought into this industry and i actually was told this when i first started out my apprenticeship too was Tattoos your life. Tattoo is going to be your life. It's the it's going to be the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're not about like making tattoo the tattooing the only thing, then you need to get the fuck out of this industry. And I don't agree with that. But once again, <laughs> apply that to any other job. Yeah, like it's fucking Joe over at Wells Fargo. Like, okay, yeah. you're gonna be a teller. This is it. This, this is, is your it. whole life. Banking you're not allowed your anything life. else. Yep. Like, it has that same creepy vibe as, like, Wolf of Wall Street, where it's like, this is it. This is your whole identity. This is all you're allowed to do. Every You will eat, sleep, breathe this. You will work yeah. 20 million hours a day. Mm-hmm. And you will never, like, you've discussed this before, like, hustle culture. Like, you can never work enough. Exactly. Like, your whole, basically, um, a big part of the industry is basing your worth as an artist by how hard you work. And if you're not, God forbid, if you have hobbies outside of tattooing, if you take time off of work, you are criticized for that. You are Unless it criticized. directly helps tattooing. So exactly. if your hobby is painting, mm-hmm. if it is traveling, because that is deemed an artist thing, mm-hmm. that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. But if it's physical fitness. Oh, God forbid. Yeah. If it's playing an instrument, anything that doesn't further your art Mm -hmm. it is not okay it is incredibly criticized and like Mm -hmm. we've talked about this too like i have had artists um look at me and be like you know i i talk about like you know doing fitness and like you know i'm really excited like i love working out i you know and i'm i would make like a quip or something about like oh gosh like i still have to work out today um and i say that but like i working out is important to me it's good for my mental health it keeps me balanced up in my brain And so um, I've had an artist look at me and be like, maybe you should find another outlet. And I'm like, fucking why? Like, again, if you're so concerned about like me bettering myself outside of tattooing, that's really sad on you. That's incredibly sad because, again, I'm trying to keep my brain healthy. I'm trying to keep my body healthy. I'm proud of like what the muscle that I've built. And I, I love like I love doing CrossFit with you and I love Olympic weightlifting and like it is genuinely fun. It has nothing to do with tattooing, has nothing to do with art and people get upset about it. Yeah. They get upset. Clients get it. Clients are like, oh no, you obviously need something outside of tattooing, Mm -hmm. but artists do not. They're like, no, you, your one identity is that you are an artist and that is all I will allow you to be. Absolutely. And like they get, there's this weird like jealousy that happens of like, Mm -hmm. oh, so you're doing other things other than tattooing. And like, again, God forbid you have a personality outside of tattooing because it even comes down to social media, how you present yourself on social media. God forbid you post anything personal. Sorry, I'm like trying not to clap my hands. I'm slicing. 
God forbid you post anything that has anything to do other than tattooing. If it's not a tattoo, if it's your face or if it's you hanging out with friends or if it's like you being vulnerable and posting about like why shit sucks in life right now, people, I shouldn't say people, tattoo artists get fucking weird about it. Yeah. Well, like I've been to conventions and that's usually where it's the worst because that's when you meet the most amount of artists. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I don't interact with artists very much Mm -hmm. um, besides like the people I work with. And even then, I don't, she's the only tattoo artist that I hang out with. I don't think I actually. Outside of work. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I know like any other tattoo artist. I'm like, oh yeah, we're friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've gone to conventions and you give your Instagram because that's for some reason the most professional thing to do. Um, and they'll get pissed off because they're like, uh, so you just have like regular pictures. Do you not just have your portfolio? It's like, nah, bitch, I got a website for that. I also have a hashtag. So if you click Gaia Marika tattoos, bam, there's years worth of my portfolio. Same. It says on my bio, like only tats and it's just hashtag Callista tats. And so like, it's, um, it's so weird because it's, our social medias are one of those things where it's very... I don't know. It's important to me mm-hmm. to make sure that like it is what I genuinely want to post. Otherwise, it feels like I don't want tattooing to have such a vice grip on every micro detail in my life that like I feel like I can only post my tattoos. Yeah. And like I want to be able to share who I am as a person. And like I, I'm not going to lie. I do feel pressure um, when it comes to like client size view, yeah. um, how they view me, because when I do want to be vulnerable and like I've been working on this, trying to be more vulnerable on social media platforms, um, I do get worried that like, oh God, like what if they're not going to want to be tattooed by me because people know that I struggle with like mental health stuff. But here's the thing. Everyone struggles with mental health stuff. It's just whether or not you put, you know, actually like, I think also it talk like about weeds it. your garden for you because like, yes, it does. Anyone who's been on my social media is like, okay, so I'm not going to go get tattooed by her if, you know, you're a huge MAGA fan, you know? Oh, yeah. If that's, if you want a MAGA tattoo, you're not, you don't want to sit in my chair. Don't come to either of us. You already know this. Would I tattoo it? Absolutely, because it'd be fucking hilarious. Um, (laughs) But more than likely, that client is not going to feel comfortable with me. So for me, I had the opposite thing where social media was a... Uh, it's just a scrapbook for me. Mm-hmm. And it was a way for me to be able to share who I really am with my clients. Mm-hmm. And I get so much more flack from artists about that mm-hmm. than I do from clients. Clients are like, fuck yeah, I love it. But mm-hmm. artists are like, um, you need just your artwork. Like, I'm not allowed to be a real person. Like, and that's how I see it mm-hmm. when they're like, you need to just have a portfolio and not like pictures of your dogs or your best friend or your husband. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so what, the rest of my life doesn't exist? Yeah, it's not valid. My humanity does not, Mm -hmm. I don't exist outside of tattooing. And I think, like, we're lucky because we're in a shop where, like, that's promoted. Yes, absolutely. Where, like, my manager has been like, you don't have a only tattoos account. Like, why does it fucking matter? Let clients get to know you. Uh So, like, you know, we're in a place where our studio is, like, a safe haven for artists to be artists. Which means being people. Yes. And like, we are also in a great shop that we are protected for the fact that if it's like, hey, I'm starting to feel like I'm like on the verge of burning out, that we have a crew behind us that's like, okay, you need to slow down. I love that. You need to take time off. You need to like prioritize that and prioritizing Mm -hmm. like the love of tattooing and the longevity over this like ridiculously stupid culture wide hustle. Hustle culture. Yeah. Which almost like, 
burnt me the fuck out when mm-hmm. I first started. And like I um, my first year anniversary of like tattooing, I actually had a um, appointment with my therapist and like I posted about this on Instagram, but I talked about how um, I was just so fucking burnt out mm-hmm. and he put it perfectly. And like what you said, he was just like, you know, in order to protect your love for tattooing, you do need to set those boundaries of like knowing that you are not made to work like six day work weeks. You are made to enjoy your time outside of, you know, tattooing and in, and make time for rest. And it's uncomfortable. It's yeah. incredibly uncomfortable. But I'm feeling like, really called out, guys. It's okay. <laughs> it's something we're working on. Yeah. Um, and it will give you that longevity that you want in this yeah. career. But you do need to set those boundaries of like, no, I'm not meant to do this. I'm not meant to just make my personality about tattooing and like only tattoo. Do you think maybe part of that hustle culture is what leads into the like, we won't go deep in this right now. We'll go deep in it in a second. Mm -hmm. Um, The like drug and alcohol use because they're like numbing how much and like trying to like stay in it. I had this thought in my brain and it's been brewing for a while. Um, I think a lot of the times when people like abuse substances, especially if they're in like a very hustle culture like industry um, is because instead of, I, I personally think that decompressing sober takes a much longer time and is more active uh, than yeah. decompressing when you're inebriated. Cause when you're inebriated, it's almost like a fast track to decompression um, where it's like, okay, great. I'm taking this like fast track to just like, I am not sober, but like I'm at least like, instead of being at a hundred, it, a couple drinks in like, and like what 15 minutes takes you down back to like 20 where it's like, great. I'm like finally relaxed. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're very, very linked. Um, but we'll talk about that a little bit more in a couple minutes in a couple of minutes. But Um, we did want to talk about the hyper masculinity that is in our industry. mm -hmm. And I, I personally don't know if it's just because we don't have enough female representation or, quite frankly, enough queer representation. Yes. If that's it or, like, if it's just those, like, hard asses that are sticking to the old guns of, like, hazing apprentices. Yes. and And I'm not talking about, like, the cute, fun, like, let's just, you know... Poke fun at you. Yeah, poke fun at make you. Make you draw a million sloths. Yeah, make you draw... Well, <laughs> you earned that. Um, I did, I did earn Yeah, that. make you draw a bunch of sloths or... What that is, like why this need, because though there is a part of me that gets jealous sometimes Mm -hmm. that you were able to skip a lot of the like bullshit I had to go through. Generally, generational trauma in the industry. (laughs) I wouldn't want you to go through what I went through. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand this like cycle of perpetuating, like, why are we doing that to people? I, I very much see it as like that generational trauma. There's this unspoken generational trauma in the industry of like, I see it a lot where tattoo artists are just like, well, I had it worse. So I'm going to make sure that you also have it just as bad. Mm -hmm. So that way I know that you don't turn out like a privileged little bitch. You know, I feel like a lot of it is fear of like, oh God, You know, this person's going to turn out to be like a spoiled fucking brat of an artist um, instead of actually like coming from a nurturing place. It's very it feels very much like 
this is how my parents raised me and I turned out okay. So I'm going to raise you the same way they raised me. Yeah. If that makes sense. Instead of like actually realizing that like, no, the, I, a lot of tattoo artists were hazed in the sense, and again, not in the fun way, hazed as in like publicly humiliated, mm-hmm. being forced to like the big question is how bad do you want a tattoo? And when someone asks you that, you know, they're about to make you do some fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. Um, like again, like drink a whole bottle in one sitting and just watch their apprentice, like get all fucked up and like, you know, make a fool out of themselves for fun, which is yeah. really fucking sad. So instead of questioning, like, is this abuse? Like, did this abuse actually propel me in my career or am I just essentially abusing this person? Because I feel like it's the right thing to do and it's the only way I was shown in my... Like that kicked puppy situation of like, okay, I got yelled at by my parents, so then I don't know what to do with this pain, so then I'm going to kick the dog. Yeah. And not to say that apprentices are dogs. (laughs) (laughs) There's just a power dynamic there that like doesn't necessarily get addressed a whole lot, which is something else that I absolutely despise that there's this weird power dynamic between mentors and apprentices Mm -hmm. instead of understanding that we're both on this journey together and that your goal as a mentor is to work alongside your apprentice when they become a tattoo artist. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's something that like is just part of that hazing culture of like, no, you're always going to be beneath me. Whereas I'm like, my goal is for like, for you in particular to out tattoo me. So then I can start chasing you, mm-hmm. which in a lot of ways you're already doing. And you've been tattooing for a s- fraction of the amount of time I've been tattooing, mm-hmm. but it's that whole leapfrogging of like, okay, I push you, you push me, I push yes. you, you push me. That's what you want. And um, artists are incredibly weird about that too. Like I see like a lot of like, weird jealousy in the industry where like you would put out a good tattoo and someone always has some shit to say about it. Oh my God. Why? Right. And I know that like when I do a good tattoo and someone says some shit, I'm like, Oh, which, which tattoo did I do that? Like Mm -hmm. upset you that bad. And like this weird, like fragility of like, it's almost like, Oh, well, if they do a good tattoo, I need to put them down because like that is threatening me when it's not threatening. It should inspire you to be better. It's that leapfrogging. You want that leapfrog effect of like, yeah, I, there's a fire under my ass and it inspires you to get a fire under your ass to like do the best that you can do. And like, I don't know, just keep pushing yourself and pushing technique and like doing all that. And like, for some reason there's this weird aversion to like, no, this person can't be better than me because I don't know. Well, I think it's that scarcity culture that you scarcity. Oh yes. Um, there's only a finite amount of work, which if you think about it, it's ridiculous because there's new skin born every single fucking day. Yeah. So every single day we have more people turning 18, hopefully Literally. waiting till someone turns 18 to tattoo them. Fucking idiots. <laughs> um, first off, if you're a parent, don't let your kid get tattooed. No. Their bodies are going to change. They're going to adjust. And also who you are when you're 16 is not the same person you are when you are 35. Yeah. And honestly, I... And getting the tattoo that I got done when I was 18 removed. And the tattoo I got done when I was 18 also completely covered up. So I don't think I have many tattoos from my first couple of years of tattooing yeah. that I've actually kept. And it's been not even 20 years that I've had them. I would say 90% of the tattoos I got when I was 18, 19, I'm getting lasered off. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's absolutely one of those situations of like, don't do that. And like, it's funny because I yeah, we do live in that scarcity um culture in tattooing which is so strange because i even having my apprenticeship journal journal in front of me my ex-boss fucking tattooed someone who was a minor 
minor, not even 16, I would say like 14, 15 without parental consent. That's ridiculous. And took the money. And I'm like, dude, why? You know, don't. And again, I'm like, like there should be like some kind of moral code or oath mm-hmm. that you should take as an artist to know that like, don't do that shit. Don't just yeah. don't, you know? And also it's incredibly illegal. It's so, like way to put yourself in danger. Um, but yeah, I, the hypermasculinity, it makes the whole industry is feels, I shouldn't say is because there are new tattoo artists every day that are like-minded like us that want to make a very queer friendly space, yeah. a very like, you know, woman friendly space. Um, the industry has a tendency to be incredibly unwelcoming towards queer people and yeah. women. Yeah. You know, and it is a very male dominated industry. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with like, again, the unwillingness to learn outside of their own experiences of like, oh shit. Like, again, we talked about heteronormativity. Not everyone is born straight, but everyone assumes that you are. Yeah. Well, it's that idea of, a tattoo shop is designed just for an artist to be comfortable. So, like, if I want to listen to loud fucking music, yes. I'm going to listen to loud music. Because, hey, I don't give a fuck about customer service because mm-hmm. I'm the only person that matters. Or, like, the artists that are just like, I'm just going to keep headphones on the entire day and never talk to my client. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or, fuck, in our case, I've worked in shops where they play cranking loud music and then the artist that cranks up the fucking music puts on headphones. Yeah. What which, the- like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Why like, you- is that what you do in your house? You're like, I'm going to crank up the music and then I'm going to just, like, leave and let my kids, let my fucking roommates, let my spouses just deal with this loud, shitty music. And that's my thing, too, is, like, a lot of the music, it's like, read the room, dude. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know about you. Like, Here's my thing. I like dumb, stupid clubbing music. I like that yep. shit. I like, I also like EDM, which I know a lot of people are like, ooh, gross. But like, I love Disney. I'm not going to play that thank during you. a tattoo. Thank you. Yes. It's, it's one of those things where like, okay, I can set my personal mm-hmm. preferences aside to make this a more comfortable experience for everyone. Cause like, I don't know about you. I know that like no one's going to want to get tattooed listening to like heavy dubstep and bass drops and like having it be in their fucking ear when they're already going through pain, you know, physical pain of getting tattooed and trying to zone out of their body so that they can do the best job that they can do sitting perfectly still Mm -hmm. for me. And I can do the best job that I can do. Like set aside your personal preferences and just read the room, dude. Like know that like it's really not that important to listen to clubbing music. (laughs) No, like, but why is it so loud? I don't know. Ninety percent of tattoo shops, you walk in, you're like, blasting. It's blasting. What's going on? And it's to not. Are you all deaf? Like, what the fuck is happening? It's to not have a conversation with their clients Mm -hmm. too. I feel like a lot of it is, and like, you know how easy it is to just have that because we are pretty good about being like, hey, for line work, I'm going to be completely silent. This piece requires a lot of my focus. Um, if you want to talk during shading, great. But like for this particular piece, I am going to ask that we are both completely like silent for this. And a lot of the times people are so chill about that. Yeah. It's very rare where I have someone be like, oh, well, I like to talk and me being like, it's not for you. It's for me. You know, it's for me to do <laughs> yeah. a good job on you. Absolutely. Like it's I'm, I'm going to have to. I'm sorry. Like, it's just how it is supposed yeah. to be. And so having that communication with your client instead of just being like passive aggressive and oh like my god, weirdly, that's what like, it is. You're just being <laughs> passive aggressive, being like, I'm gonna turn the music up because I don't wanna talk to you. Because I don't wanna have a, a five second uncomfortable conversation mm-hmm. of like, I'm gonna have to ask that like we are completely silent during this portion of your yeah. tattoo. 
you know? Yeah. Or just being honest. I mean, like, hey, I'm not a big talker. So please <laughs> feel free to bring headphones because I'm not going to talk to you. Oh, I love. Yeah. And I, I say that during our consultations, too. Yeah. It's really easy to just communicate with someone like, hey, you're more than welcome to bring headphones. Love it when people bring headphones. Um, we also have headphones at the shop that are, dis- you know, disinfected between each client. Just to add that in there, because we get really grossed out when Incredibly. someone's trying to hand you a headphone. And I'm like, that's been in your body that's disgusting. That's like you being like, done. here's a used tampon. Please use it. I'm not putting like, that no. in my body. I'm good. Yeah. So we have to always state that like the headphones that we have at the studio are disinfected between every person because mm-hmm. we're not gross. Because we're not gross. Absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm not a big fan of that either. Loud music. Um, I also put down, oh, what you look like. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Um, in our industry, it is a big thing. Like other tattoo artists give tattooers a lot of shit for not having that many tattoos she's talking about me y'all i'm talking (laughs) i deal with that shit all the time so often it's also why i hate conventions not only because they're disgustingly gross and if you don't think they are bless your heart we are ruining that image for you because they are gross they're They're disgusting disgusting. (laughs) if you think about like field hospitals turn of the century field hospitals and you're like those are the cleanest thing that's basically a tattoo convention yeah they're super gross that being said in the future i want to organize a tattoo convention and it's probably going to drive me crazy because i'm gonna try to do it the cleanest way you can possibly do it absolutely but that is on my like tattoo artist bucket list but basically if you were not sleeved out in this industry you get zero respect it's as simple as that it's that like i have people asking me clients do it some which i think is pretty offensive Mm because it's like i if i'm not heavily covered to their standards and I'm not capable of doing it, Mm -hmm. but artists are much worse. Oh, incredibly. I had, okay. So we went to a convention and this artist was like promoting, um, some kind of product. And so he picked a volunteer from the crowd and it happened to be you. Um, and so he gets Gaia up on the stage and this dude's mic'd up, right? Gaia doesn't have a mic obviously mm-hmm. cause he's like presenting to a ton of people. And so he gets Gaia on the stage and the first thing he says are, girl, where are your tattoos? Aren't you a tattoo artist? And in front of a crowd, mind you. And it was kind of funny because your back was facing the crowd. And so he obviously didn't see this giant, massive fucking back piece that you had, but it was also just incredibly like, dude, what was the point of that? What was the point of you saying that to her in front of, like, a big crowd of people? Because heaven forbid you not be heavily tattooed. It's why when I go to conventions, I often get mistaken for a piercer. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, "Eh, well, whatever. And it's funny because it's, like, one of those things where, again, to compare it to dentists and doctors, you would never go to your dentist and be like, you haven't had, you didn't do your own root canal or, like, yeah, you haven't had, like, a a filling well i can't trust you to do your job then even though that person has done more fillings than you could ever experience in your life you know what i mean like yeah (laughs) make it make sense where like i don't understand the whole again a lot of tattoo artists or like heavily tattooed people are like yeah like we're trying to break the stereotype of like you know tattoos in the workplace like have become more lax and like yeah we're trying to make Mm -hmm. people know that like it has nothing to do with how professional you are being heavily covered so then why are we judging people though people who aren't heavily covered? Like yeah, if you- I get so much more judgment for not being heavily covered than yeah. I ever do for having tattoos. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? Yeah. What What does that have to do with anything? If you know how to tattoo and you tattoo well and you're mm-hmm. a professional, 
why does it matter if you're heavily covered or not? If it doesn't make your heart sing and like if it if these certain I don't know if tattoos don't make you feel like you're coming into yourself. And we talked about that, too, um, where like we've been getting pierced a lot and every piercing we get, we feel closer and connected to ourselves. Yes. You know, it's one of those things where you truly do feel like you're coming into yourself. And if being heavily covered doesn't do that for you, then like that's your personal choice. That has nothing to do with how well you tattoo. Yeah. Or I could just be saving places. There we go. Because I, yeah, I want to make sure that I have tattoos that look good when I hit 70 mm-hmm. and not just be like, hey, I'm going to get completely covered when I'm 18. And then by the time I hit 70, I'm either going to A, what, remove all of them mm-hmm. or B, have a shit ton of bad looking tattoos. Yeah. Nah, dude, our, the artistry in our industry is constantly changing. So I don't see the purpose of like rushing into being heavily covered. That's like rushing into marriage. Yeah. It's, like, it's with you forever. Just take your time. There's no rush. Time. Take your time. If it doesn't so. make your heart sing, then like just don't do it. Yep. That being said, we are at 45 minutes for today's episode. Mm-hmm. So we will do this as a two-parter. So we actually did not get to our second and third topics. Yes. But we do want to hear about what it is that you don't like about our industry. Why you think that tattoo artists suck. Why maybe I suck or Callista sucks. Yeah, absolutely. So if we have done something awful and we suck, besides the fact that she can't answer emails, <laughs> and on Saturdays my customer service is garbage. Um, we'll talk about that more next episode. Or actually in a couple episodes, because we are releasing this in a slightly different order than we expected. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, please send us. You can Instagram message us at tattoo underscore homewreckers. Mm -hmm. You can also reach out and leave us a voicemail. We love hearing your voicemails. We haven't addressed them yet, but we will on the podcast. I swear we will like, you know, actually talk about them and have them on the podcast. But we love voicemails from you guys. They're great. So keep it up, Rocking Balls. Um, We do want to hear your feedback. And uh, yeah, we'll get into the not so fun stuff Mm -hmm. at a future episode. So uh, thanks for tuning in. We love you guys. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye.